Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Well, hello there, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining Worthy of Everything. We are so thankful that you're here with us, and we are excited because Michaela Hoffman is our guest today. Michaela, I'm so excited to have you on here. You are my partner in teaching the Worthy of Everything Bible study, and we hope you all can join that. Your story has blessed and impacted me so much just in those early weeks of coming to understand gospel. It was exactly two weeks after Jesus changed my life that um, he used me then to share this understanding of Romans with you. And it was exactly the verse, Romans 6, verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. I remember in that meeting, I just thought we were going to read through all of Romans because that's what had happened with me. I had read through at least four chapters of Romans. And it's like, you didn't even need that. You just needed that one verse to just bring it home for you. And you just started sobbing. And it's so good. It's so beautiful. So now, today, we're just going to move forward to what happened after Jesus came and changed your life and the gospel opened your eyes to how good God is and your identity in Jesus. So take us on a journey in those first few months of learning intimacy with God and recognizing his voice. And yeah, let us in on what happened, sister. So the first couple of months after I understood the gospel fully, that I was a daughter, that, you know, God calls me worthy. He calls me beloved, like really believing that I was worthy. It was just a period of rest for a couple months. I grew up in such a, like a legalistic environment, you know, not by any means of were they trying to do that to me at that point, but it's just a lot of like rules, what to do, what not to do. 
you know, we received freedom in June. And then in January, the Holy Spirit really started pushing me to study more. I had more questions. I was starting to want to learn a deeper aspect of this. So those first couple months were just beautiful. It was just learning that there is rest in Christ. There is rest in that relationship and, you know, being freed from depression and fear and anxiety. There's a lot of thoughts that go on in your head and your head's not quiet, but when Jesus takes it away and heals it, your thoughts are gone. Like all those negative lies and just things you can't get out of your head, it's quiet. So the first couple months was just really enjoying that quiet. And then he the started. quietness is a miracle. That peace of mind is so amazing. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't taught either growing up that the Holy Spirit actually talks to you. Like, it's not like a crazy thing for him to actually communicate with you. You know what I mean? You know, he freed me from depression and anxiety and fear and addictions. There's a multitude of things. But the main thing was just how busy my thoughts were when I was depressed, when I was anxious, when I was fearful. The lies of the enemy were just so thick. And after he healed me so instantly from that, they were just gone. So the first couple months were really just enjoying that period of rest and silence. And, you know, me just being with the Holy Spirit, you know, being with Jesus and that was such a special time for me because it was almost like he was giving me a hug. You know, it was like confirmation that he did heal me. This is real. This isn't a phase. Like, this is legit. And then as the beginning of the year came around, he started uh, kind of pruning me, you know, wanting me to learn more, wanting me to ask more questions. So that's when I just got right into my Bible because... I had all these thoughts, you know, well, if I if I didn't even know I was loved, if I didn't know I was valued, if I didn't know I was worthy to go to heaven and I had assurance of salvation, what else did I miss? And yes. that, that thought just completely drove me into my Bible. I read Matthew to Revelation in just a couple months, you know, which for some people is like, oh, that might be slow. But for me, that was insane. Like, this is going to sound so, so slow. You said slow. Slow, yes. No, that's really fast. <laughs> That's really, really fast. Well, I, I felt like it was slow because it was like I was relearning everything. It was wild because it's not just in Romans that you're free from sin and that you're loved and worthy and valuable. Like, it's in the whole entire Bible. And when that lens is completely taken from your eyes, you see it everywhere. And the more that came to light to me, the more I started to see my father. God just wasn't God anymore. He started to become my friend. He started to become my father. And that's when that's when he started speaking to me more, you know, because it's not like he wasn't speaking to me my whole life. He was talking to me since I was a child, but I was really starting to learn what his voice sounded like and learning that I can have an actual intimate relationship with Jesus, with God, with the Father. That's what he's always wanted. And it was just such a good, good time for me to learn that foundation because that foundation is what carries you through everything else. You know, it was awesome that I learned that I was free from sin. And it was so awesome that I had friends that I did at that time to help grow in that area and in that information. 
But really, that time frame was really learning that God is my father and he is my friend. And he is he's so much more than just the guy that made the universe. And, you know, that role isn't small in itself. But learning that there's so many different layers to God, it was just I was falling in love. Let me ask you, because we get this question a lot. What are some ways that helped you start to recognize his voice and discern, oh, that was the father. That was the spirit talking to me versus my own thoughts. So the main thing that helped was learning the fruits of the spirit. That was super helpful for me. Learning how he spoke to me, you know, because he's never going to say anything unkind. Like learning the character of God was learning how he spoke to me. Really learning like spiritual warfare was huge as well because this kind of sounds silly, but learning how the enemy talks to me also helped me discern how God's talking to me because the enemy talks to you in guilt, shame, and condemnation and points you away from who you are. And God does the complete opposite. He speaks to you in truth and it lines up biblically and he's not going to talk to you unkindly. We always talk about how God doesn't punish, he disciplines, but you know, he does discipline, but it's done in love. It's never condemnation and really learning to discern those voices. It took time. You know, it wasn't something that was instant. And when you say voices, you're not saying like audible, you're saying, well, sometimes (laughs) it's more kind of like your conscience. You know, if people thought about like your inner self-talk, you know, it's it's either going to be positive or negative. And that's kind of how I discerned that. You know, there has there have been times the Holy Spirit has been very audible with me. But that's not, you know, it's not like you and I talking right now. It's very different. And, you know, people hear the Holy Spirit differently. I've learned that as well, too. You know, some people learn in pictures and some people, you know, have kind of like your head voice, like you talking to you. I would like to read just really quick this verse that has been valuable to me in Matthew chapter 10. It's verses 19 and 20. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. I had the unique opportunity of really seeing you grow in this area Because on the day I met you, you were like the person that had such stage fright that you would probably like, if you were forced to speak in front of a large group, you would literally pass out. You would fall down on the ground. Correct. And it's so beautiful the times where you would say in front of, you know, if we were having a Bible study with a lot of ladies, some really beautiful things. But can you expound on that just a little bit? How the Holy Spirit has really matured you in trusting in his voice? Yes. So I understand now in the Bible when people were healed, exactly how they felt. Like they were screaming, walking around saying like, you know, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. This man's healed me. And they couldn't keep their mouths shut. Like it was just something they had to share with people. And that's exactly what happened with you and I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I believed that God still did miracles, but only for people who really deserved it, you know, like cancer patients or, you know, little children, like God wouldn't do a miracle for me. And to literally experience being healed, no more depression, no more anxiety, like this isn't a phase. It's been almost three years now. And 
it's gone. Like you can't not share that with people. You can't keep quiet. Yeah. Like if you were lame and you hadn't walked your entire life and someone came along and said, get up and walk, would you not go leaping and jumping and praising God to every single human that you've ever met? There is this phase of, I have to tell every single person I meet. Yeah. Jesus healed me. This is crazy. And there, there came this boldness that I didn't know I had because, you know, dead Michaela sometimes would use sarcasm or rudeness boldly to be funny because that's, you know, who she was. It's how she hid. And that boldness was now becoming something different. It was becoming something that people need to hear that God is this good. So, you know, of course, we start saying things that we're learning and we're so excited and people most of the time, you know, they hear what you're not saying the first time you say it, or, you know, you're not quite firm in your foundation yet before you start telling people that. And it's just been a lot of growth in that area of, you know, the Holy Spirit teaching me what to say and, you know, how to say it and when. There's been multiple times where I've wanted to say something and I just can't, you know, that's a blessing Now's sometimes. Not the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lie that I had believed you know, a while ago was that I wasn't a good speaker and that I stuttered and had issues speaking. And I've had multiple people tell me the opposite now. Your lies are usually like your gifts, you know, what God wants to use you. And, you know, if I sat here and believe that I can't talk to people and I am bad at explaining things and I stutter, you know, then that's going to hinder me from growing and being like, you know what? No, like I'm going to speak. <laughs> right. Wow, girl, that's so good. So talking about healing, let's dive into nursing. Nursing in the spirit, girl. You are a nurse. And so, yeah, talk to us a little bit about the growth and how nursing has changed, how work has changed after receiving gospel. Absolutely. So one of my patients, they said something that's just completely stuck with me my entire nursing career in oncology. And she said, I have known great sorrow in my life, but never despair because of Jesus. And that completely has just, it's changed my entire thought process on suffering and watching people go through some of those things that are really hard for them. I had this mentality to think that I was a servant of God. And really the reason why I became a nurse was because I thought I had to pay back the debt to God in the first place. I had to repay the gift that he gave me. So if I would have believed the gospel sooner, who knows if I would be a nurse or not, but it put me exactly where I needed to be. And Harold's podcast was awesome to kind of help unravel this for me. So shout out to Harold. His first and second episode, both were just so good. But he talked about understanding that we're first sons and daughters of God and that because we understand how loved and forgiven we are, that causes us to serve. It's not we're servants, you know, because the servants don't get a seat at the table like the sons and daughters do. And I'm a daughter. So really learning that I'm a daughter and because I'm a daughter, I serve people because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So I love, I serve because of my daughterhood. And that was powerful for me. It really changed my perspective on going to work because for a long time I was just so done. You know, when you work with oncology patients, it's really emotional and it's really spiritual. And I just really didn't know why God put me there for the longest time. And you actually see a ton of death. I mean, 
it's crazy how many people you see and you know, you actually can see when they're dying. A lot of times you've known this is the last time I'm going to see him because you get to know what death looks like. I find that really interesting. Yeah. Well, and the Holy Spirit is so, he's so gentle and he's so sweet. And, you know, there's been times that he's told me, you know, that's something that I really enjoy because then I'm more aware when I get to be intimate with them in those last moments that they have. So I've been very grateful for the Holy Spirit, you know, giving me discernment in that area. You've had the opportunity to pray with a lot of patience, especially knowing that maybe they have fear of death. I know that you've seen some situations where the Holy Spirit was like, pray with them. And by responding to that, you got to see them receive God's peace, realize his peace that they have. Mm -hmm. I have a specific patient that he passed away earlier this year, but he was only in his early 40s. And he had like gone through a lot in his life. You know, he had recently found sobriety and he had gotten married not too long ago. He'd only been married like maybe two or three years. And he was really starting to get his life together. And then he finds out he has stage four cancer. And I just got so close with um, him and his wife. And I just, I got the opportunity just to completely show Christ to them. You know, I was able to sit here with him and pray and, you know, tell him he's worthy and tell him that he's loved and that God's not disappointed with him. I just got to watch this man that was already getting his life together. Just cancer didn't have any effect on him. Yes, his body was getting sick and it was so sad to watch his body go, but like his mind just he was so in love with Jesus and he was starting to realize who he was. And when you realize who you are, you see God so much clearer and death so much clearer. And there was a time toward the end where it was getting pretty painful and he was having a lot of pain. And I told him, I'm like, let's let's pray that the pain goes away. So, you know, his wife and I, we huddle together and we pray and command that, you know, the enemy leave his body and that his pain go away. And that he can, you know, feel better so he could rest. And his pain went away instantly. I mean, he, I just, wow. I will never forget the look on his face. He looked up at me and he goes, my pain's gone. And wow. I, like, it was gone. And like, God chose not wow. to heal him of cancer, but there was just such small moments. Every time we were with each other, we were just talking about Jesus. Like, it's all we would talk about. It was just beautiful to watch how gracefully he dealt with his cancer diagnosis. And I really think he blessed my life more than I blessed their life. Yeah, absolutely. When we get to serve, it's actually such an incredible blessing to us. It's so good. Everybody gets blessed. Absolutely. It was such a blessing to get to watch them grow in their identity in Christ. And it was while he had cancer, you know, like he wasn't focused on his cancer. He was focused on how good God is and how much better he got every time we talked about him. Wow. So, Michaela, you've had so many incredible moments and opportunities to pray and speak truth over patience, but you've also had some really cool opportunities with coworkers. So one in particular, would you share that story with us? Yeah. Absolutely. So my patients are, you know, the main population of people that I pray with, but this message has also really impacted my coworkers. And one coworker in particularly, I work with every day very closely, and we've been slowly talking about identity in Christ, you know, how to view ourselves, how to view other people. 
And, you know, it's been slow. It's been over the last two and a half years. And one evening, particularly, she was just not having a great day. She was complaining about the issue. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to tell her that none of this mattered. And I didn't really want to say that because it sounded really insensitive at the moment. But I was obedient. (laughs) And I told her, I said, you know, none of this matters what these people are saying or doing against you. And she just gave me this look. I'll never forget it. She was like appalled. And I told her, I said, none of this matters. It only matters what Jesus says and thinks about you because what he even writes about you is written in stone. You can't, you can't change it. And it's just, she didn't receive it right away. You know, she, she went home and marinated on it for a little bit. And she said she was complaining to her husband that evening about what had gone on in her day. And she just had this beautiful revelation laying in bed, like the Holy Spirit told her in my voice, Jennifer, it doesn't matter. And she said in that moment, she was just free. Like she was completely freed from the lie of believing what other people think about you is more important than what Jesus thinks about you. That unworthiness. Yeah, like it. she said it just like this weight, like this big heavy weight just lifted off of her and she just bawled. And she came in that morning still crying. Like she was just so joyful to be released of that weight. Amen. She just looked at me the next morning and said, you've been living like this for three years? And I was like, yeah, this is what it feels like. And it was was so beautiful. I love that. It's always in the right timing, too, because, of course, like a couple of days before that, I'm in my car like, Lord, I never get to see the seeds that I sow. And all I do is plant, 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 and I never get to pick the fruit. Yeah, I was just discouraged. And so he, you know, he loves me. So he allowed me to see that happen. And that was such a blessing. And it was such, it was just so beautiful to see that after two and a half years, it just clicked for her. And I asked her just the other day, how's life now that you're enjoying (laughs) your identity in Christ and your freedom in Christ? And She's like, my whole life is different. She's like, I just see everything so differently. And she's like, you know, I have a bad day still, but that bad day isn't my identity anymore. It's not something that completely takes over and controls. I just, she's so loved by the, by Jesus. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because one of the purposes of this podcast is to say that Is every day easy? Like, do we still go through hard times? You know, if we look at the life of Paul, he got beat up all the time. But it is possible to be in the fullness of God's peace and joy and love through those times. And we can only know what we have if we understand our identity in Jesus, right? And all the gifts that we've been given because of his death and then resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that's changed so much. We talked about it on our Thursday morning Bible study. Michaela co-hosts that with me, Worthy of Everything Through Love Reality. And we were just talking about how important it is to recognize the resurrection. It wasn't just the death. Mm -hmm. We have victory. He was victorious. He resurrected. And it was completely done in us. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. It's so good. And like, really, that's what this is. When we say freedom, you know, we're referring to freedom from sin. But 
really, in my personal experience, what we were taught was only half of the gospel. And that's the problem. You know, we were taught that Jesus came to die for our sins, and that's where it stopped. And that's not where it stopped. It's because he resurrected from the dead that I get to resurrect with him as a new creation. That's what causes, that's what causes transformation. That's how healing happens. That's how your whole life changes. You know, it doesn't just stop at he died for me and forgave me of my sins. Like he gives us a new life. We get a new heart. That's why we become new people. That's the transformation. Amen. Not to say that we don't see so many lives transformed by the first half, right? Yeah, the first half is amazing. But to walk it out, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what your feelings are telling you, oh, I should be afraid, whatever the temptation is. If we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and the victory lap that we're on, right? Yeah. That's that's the best part. Yeah, learning to not love your life unto death. Like, that's really what that is. It's being so focused on Jesus that fire darts could fall from the sky. And I don't even yes. really like maturing in that thought of not loving my own life unto death. Like, I never thought in my life that would be something that I would be saying out loud to people. Because I was so fearful. Dead Michaela, I was scared of everything. I was scared of rejection. I was scared of people breaking into my house like it was all these irrational fears that I had and now it's my mind has been transformed to I don't have to die it's one of those things where death for me like it's just a physical thing like when we get old we die but I don't have to die that second death I don't have to die forever you know I get to live with Jesus forever yeah that's right Speaking of that fear, going back to the beginning of your story, you had so much fear in your life, but you had a serious addiction to horror movies. Mm -hmm. So just describe to everybody what happened because you loved watching scary movies. And then after freedom, yeah. Yeah. At, immediately after understanding the gospel and receiving freedom, I was repulsed by anything that I watched or listened to previously to that. And that wasn't of my own doing. That was all the Holy Spirit because I loved scary movies. I loved nasty music. Like it's something that just that's who I was at the time. I listened to those things and I watched those things. And it was like a purge. Like I went through my movies. I went through my music. And even my poor husband, who wasn't free at the time, you know, he didn't understand the gospel. I'm like going through the movies and stuff. And he's like, you're ruining my life. Why are you getting wet every day? Yeah, that's hilarious. Probably a couple of things, but it was repulsive. And that was never something that I would have done ever. And now it's it's just so different. And it's because I know that's not who I am. That's not the father I serve. And it was so freeing to just be free from that fear. I mean, I couldn't even take a shower without somebody being home or, you know, locking my bedroom yeah. door. All these non-realistic things in my head that just, I was a slave to fear. Every part of my life was fear, fear, fear. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, just a final question. Recently, you shared something that the Holy Spirit spoke really loud to you about anger. Mm -hmm. 
So we were at the gym. You know, my husband loves to go to the gym and I would almost rather break all of my fingers. But <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit's been telling me like, like the gym is a good thing, Michaela. You know, you're going you're gonna to get stronger. You're going to feel better. So we've been going to the gym. And <laughs> so I'm sitting. I'm not sitting. I'm on the elliptical. And I'm just kind of staring out the window because... You know, I forgot my headphones, which, you know, immediately angry. There's no TVs at the gym we go to. So I'm just, you know, staring out the window. I'm not even, I'm not even talking to the Holy Spirit. I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm just trying to get through what I'm doing. And the Holy Spirit just tells me out of nowhere, Michaela, you're free from anger. And I look kind of sassy, you know, with my response in my head, because I'm like, yeah, I know this already. Like, why are you, why are you telling me this? And he just told me again, Michaela, you're free from anger. And I sat with it for a minute and I heard him say, you are free from anger being your first response to everything. Wow. And that kind of hit me because like the words were so simple and I already knew that I was free from the anger, but just how he worded it to me just like gutted me. And he told me, he said, Michaela, I need you to feel hurt. I need you to feel these feelings that you're actually feeling, but instead you're feeling anger. You know, you're using anger as a shield to these feelings you should be feeling and you need to feel to heal and to work through. And it just, I was not expecting that at all. But reflecting back, most of the time angry is my response to when things aren't going my way, you know, like, I'm angry I'm at the gym. I'm, you know, if my husband and I get into it, I'm angry at Quim. Like, I'm angry I have to eat healthy. I'm angry I have to work. It's an old habit, right? And this has also been in my life a lot. And the impact of our childhood, like for me and you in particular, I can speak for both of us. And we love our fathers so much. Like, we absolutely adore our fathers and we just see the good in them. And we're so blessed to have them. But they, had so much anger when we were growing up. And so we saw that over and over and over for years and years. Everything, every situation, getting the car to go to church even. Mm -hmm. it's It was all like anger, anger, everything. And so again, while our lives have been completely transformed, mm -hmm. some of these things don't get solved overnight. Absolutely. Like, this is why we have intimacy with our father and he parents us and reveals, you know, things to us in his timing. He'll probably deal with the most death issues right away. Like if you're addicted to alcohol or drugs, like he's going to knock that right out. But if you have anger, like that can be, depending on the situation, it's just going to be something that maybe takes time. And, and there's layers, like I don't see you, Michaela, as an angry person, but I know that there are instances and it usually, unfortunately, comes out with our husbands or wives or children because that is the place that we had that modeled in front of us. So I hope that helps anyone that has had that experience, has had abuse in their past. Trust in God that like with Michaela on the treadmill, she's going to fix those problems. You don't have to worry. Just give it to him. He'll refine every little area of your life. It's so beautiful. And like, you know, that's why I think I was so shocked because 
I'm not an angry person. Even in death, like, I think I was more quiet with my anger. But for him just to come out and tell me, like, bop it right on the head, like, you're free from anger. Anger is dead. And I just wasn't expecting it. But it was so healing because he's still training me to be more emotional and to be more vulnerable and open with people and especially my husband. And he's been teaching me to cry, you know, because crying wasn't really something I did a whole lot in death. And he's basically just telling me, like, if you're hurt in a moment, it's okay to feel hurt. You don't have to mask it with anger. That's right. Because anger, that's what anger is. It's a mask. It's a mask. There is righteous anger. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, anger is a guard. If I get angry, then I don't have to really get to the root of what I'm feeling because it's scary to go there, right? To be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It was sudden, but it was it was exactly what I needed in that moment because I didn't even realize that anger was my first response to things. It was beautiful. And I'm free from that thought now. And it's just so beautiful, the things he teaches us in moments that we're not expecting to even be spoken to. Amen. Before I ask you the final question, is there anything else that you want to share just about this journey in the last three years? I just, I still can't believe it. It feels, it feels like I'm at the start line finally. You know what I mean? Like understanding that you're worthy and you're loved and your identity in Christ is the start line. And then we grow and spiritually mature from there. So it's like I'm almost three years old. I just, I still can't believe this is my life. I still can't believe that my husband is free and my close friends are free. My mom is free, but it's like, God has done more in the last two and a half years than I ever thought he could do. Yeah. I feel led to say for anyone that's listening in that maybe hasn't heard this term that we're saying free, if you have fear or anxiety or depression in your life, for example, but you believe in Jesus Christ and he is your savior, by no means are we saying that you're not saved. You literally have everything. You are saved by grace. When we use that term free myself personally, it means that the chains that were in my life, the lies that the enemy had masked over me and had become my reality were preventing me from maturing in my faith, from seeing God for his true character and all the time he's good. Mm -hmm. No matter what's happening, he's good. And so yeah, just to encourage anyone that's listening that has struggled with depression, anxiety, just keep seeking God's truth, his goodness, and believe, believe what he said about you, that you are a child of God, you are so loved, and he literally has taken care of everything for us. We just get to walk it out. Right. I was listening to the radio on the way over here, and that song by Mercy Me came on called Dear Younger Me. And every time I listen to that song, it just wrecks me. But it's it's so appropriate because there's a part in the song where he says, you were never meant to carry this beyond the cross. And that's exactly what it is. You know, when we say we're free, it means that I took my baggage and I left it at the cross. And not only did I drop it off, he had already done it in me. And I just needed to believe it and receive it and allow it to transform me. And, you know, when you listen to the song further, he goes and says, you know, you are holy, you are righteous, you are one of the redeemed, you're set apart a brand new heart, you are free indeed. That song just all it wrecks me, you guys. If you haven't heard that song, go and listen to it because it is so true about you. 
Amen. Amen. So my final question, girl, how has prayer changed for you? It is a complete 180. I do not pray the same way that I prayed before. Prayer before was me making a list of all the things that were wrong in my life or the things that I needed, and it was begging God to give me those things. It it was just such a mindset of, like, lack. Like, I just, it was like I was reaching for God, and I couldn't quite reach Him. You know, like, I was almost there, but then it just wouldn't work out. And now that I understand I have every spiritual blessing because the Bible says so, and I'm free from sin because the Bible says so, and the Bible also says I'm a daughter, I have authority to go to my Father and thank Him for giving me everything. I get to say, thank you, Jesus, that I woke up today and that because I woke up, I am righteous. I have right standing with you, Father. I'm patient. I'm loving. I have self-control. Like everything is from a stance of thank you because we have everything. There's nothing I could ask God for. What do you ask for when you have every spiritual blessing? You ask for others, right? You give him praise and thank him that that person over there that I can see is walking around so miserable the way I used to be. Thank you, Lord, for moving in their life. Thank you for using me. And I hope if you use me or somebody, but speak truth, speak truth so they can see what they have, what's available to them. Yeah. Well, Michaela, I just want to say I'm so grateful. I appreciate you coming on. This has been so good. It's going to bless so many people. Praise the Lord. Thanks for having me on. I really, I love an opportunity to talk about Jesus. He's just so good. All right. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I just want to let you know, if you enjoyed this podcast and everything that Michaela had to say, and we're thinking, hey, I wish I could hear her full testimony of how Jesus changed her life. Well, guess what? You can. If you hop over to the Death to Life podcast with my friend Richard Young, you can listen to her entire testimony. It's episode 76.